Hub Heroes listeners, this episode is brought to you by Simple Events, a true game changer that integrates with your HubSpot CRM. Ready to revolutionize your event management process? Well, imagine this. You're tasked with planning an event. It could be an intimate workshop or a large-scale corporate event. The thought alone can be daunting. That's where Simple Events transforms your event planning into a smooth, stress-free process. No matter the size of your business or the type of event, in-person or virtual, Simple Events is your ideal partner. Simple Events is a comprehensive solution that simplifies every aspect of event management, from creating detailed attendee lists to setting up efficient workflows. Say goodbye to the hassle of juggling multiple platforms. With Simple Events, everything you need is in one convenient place. That's right. Simple Events is about empowering your events and enhancing every detail using the robust capabilities of the CRM you love. HubSpot. Unlike other tools, you can control the full event experience in your HubSpot portal. Are you ready to revolutionize how you manage events? Then visit SidekickStrategies.com forward slash simple. That's SidekickStrategies.com forward slash simple. As a bonus, make sure to use the special Hub Heroes promo code HELPFUL, all capitals, HELPFUL, for an exclusive discount on the Simple Events Pro Plan and step into the world of Simple Events, turning your next event from successful to spectacular. Do you live in a world filled with corporate data? Are you plagued by siloed departments? Are your lackluster growth strategies demolishing your chances for success? Are you held captive by the evil menace, Lord Lack? Lack of time, lack of strategy, and lack of the most important and powerful tool in your superhero tool belt, knowledge. Never fear, hub heroes. Get ready to don your cape and mask move into action and become the hub hero your organization needs tune in each week to join the league of extraordinary inbound heroes as we help you educate empower and execute hub heroes it's time to unite and activate your powers before we begin we need to disclose that Devin is currently employed by hubspot at the time of this episode's recording This podcast is in no way affiliated with or produced by HubSpot, and the thoughts and opinions expressed by Devin during the show are that of his own and in no way represent those of his employer. You know, Devin, I want to dive into the topic that we're going to talk about, but I can't but help look over at the chat pane and uh, have Chris say, it's been a while since I've listened to this at 1x. I cannot imagine listening to the intro of that at like chipmunk speed. I might have to go do that after after this episode just to see what that's like. Um, techno. It would be like techno. It would be weird. Actually, <laughs> what would be fun is to actually speed it up and put some techno beat under it and then just launch that to the internet and see what happens. But today what we're going to launch to the internet and see what happens is while we're going to talk about HubSpot here and there, uh, amongst the conversation, 
Uh, since it's you and I, and we both have had some experience with creating video, we've had some experience with creating uh, YouTube videos, we've had some experience with businesses and being part of businesses, running businesses, I want to dive into this idea of YouTube for business, uh, creating valuable content on YouTube, and um, what that means for marketers, business owners, if you should, if you shouldn't, all of those things. Devin, first of all, I just want to unpack your brain. When you hear me saying those things, and we're going to dive into that topic, what's the first thing that you start to think about? The first thing is I get excited, and the second thing is I cringe. Um, I, I, I get excited because it's exceedingly necessary. It is an extremely, extremely important part of any good marketing strategy, uh, regardless of the vertical you're in. Uh, people need to remember that the number two search engine on YouTube or on online is YouTube. So if, if you want people to find you, you got to be where people are looking for you. Then yeah. I cringe. Yeah, I, I, I love it because I too would say that this is a double-edged sword or there would be two sides of the coin because while I know it's important and and I'm going to ask you here in a minute why it is uh, so important for especially inbound practitioners uh, right mm -hmm. the kind of aligning cousin brother sister cousin whatever of HubSpot I also realize that it can be or feel like I don't even want to use the word be it can feel like it's a lot of work um, it can feel feel like it's hard to get started. Um, it can feel like when you do get started that nothing is happening. And um, and so this, this idea of being patient, this idea of not needing to have it be perfect, this idea of taking the time to build out a process all kind of comes to mind, which most humans are like, oh, let me hit the record button and upload it. And gee, why is this not going back to actually generate revenue for my business? Well, we'll talk about some pieces that you can do there. But on the other side of this, right, there's this conversation that I think we're going to end up having that is value versus viral. And I think there's these conversations that we might have that is quality versus quantity or quantity versus quality. I'm super interested to see what side of the fence you fall on that. But but let's just go back a couple of steps here. And Devin, when you think about this inbound practitioners, the sales, the marketing, the whoever, um, why is it important to start to think about YouTube and maybe leveraging YouTube for your business purposes? Well, like we were saying before, people are searching on YouTube. And a lot of times when we talk about inbound and creating content following the inbound methodology, we're talking about written content. Um, and, you know, then we start talking about SEO and stuff like that. Um, but the thing is, is that there is a whole separate section of marketing that also uses SEO uh, in video. Like the thing is, it's, it's not like you're just uploading the video and everyone's searching off of titles and meta descriptions. Uh, transcripts are now being factored in and, and Google knows what's being said in your video. Google can read the text that's popping up on your video. Uh, Google knows what your video is about. Uh, and so doing those things are important, but uh, it's not just about the title and metadata anymore. It's actually about your content. 
Yeah, I love that. And it's almost getting into a question I'm going to ask about, like, what if, what do you think people are doing and getting it wrong? Or what are the wrong mindsets they have when they first think about YouTube? I, I've got some thoughts there, by the way. Um, but to me, it's it's interesting because I think that part of this conversation that we definitely need to have is around why we're having this conversation the experience that we bring uh, to this conversation. And so I'll go last, but Devin, share the, because listen, I'm going to be honest. I've seen about seven times now your face on YouTube uh, thumbnails with a company that people might know called HubSpot. Like talk to me about um, that process, what's been happening um, how, how you're on the YouTube channel, what's, what's that meant now? And also if there's historical stuff that you've kind of played around with, like just to explain to the listeners, the path that you've gone down with YouTube pertaining to this like business inboundy conversation that we're talking about. Sure. Um, well for me, video has always been a hobby. Uh, I animated my first lightsaber probably close to 15 years ago now. And, uh, I, I just love video content itself. Uh, and, you know, I used to work in radio. I've done a lot of broadcasting. Um, one time, a friend of mine even wanted a, uh, a video series. And so uh, we shot a mini series. It was like four episodes and it was it was fun. Four or five. But the, the thing um, that got me here is being a subject matter expert um, with HubSpot and, uh, it's a huge team effort. Like literally with those videos, I am just on screen. There's a whole separate editor. There's a whole thumbnail person. Uh, there are a lot of moving parts, but when you're producing content for yourself, it doesn't necessarily have to be, uh, it, it's something you can do for yourself. You just need to make sure that, uh, what you're doing is clean, I, something simple and clean, uh, is way better than you trying to unpack a drone and not realizing that your audio sucks. And that uh, that's part of it. The other part of it is uh, the content itself. Uh, what you don't want to do is get stuck talking about what you want to talk about. Uh, talk about um, what is generating traction with your audience. Case in point, Chris Ramsey, he is a magician. He even had his own TV show uh, with a group of his friends. Uh, he uh, started YouTube doing magic, and then he just started solving puzzles. And his channel blew up over his puzzle solving. Uh, he still does magic content, um, but it was, for the longest, primarily a, uh, a puzzle channel in that uh, ability to pivot uh, when he saw what was gaining traction with his audience is just uh, one of the many parts of a good YouTube strategy. I love that because there's a whole mindset of once you get started, paying attention to your audience, delivering things that they then enjoy or don't enjoy, learning from those lessons, not considering it failure, but understanding mm -hmm. it's part of the process. And then you use the word pivot, which I'm a big fan of pivoting, pivoting into that thing that goes or takes you in the right direction. Uh, listen, it's, it's funny because when I think about this – 
I I wouldn't call myself a YouTuber. And to be honest, I never like growing up said that, well, we didn't have the internet when I was growing up. So let's just throw that out there. But in my, even in my adult career, I never had this fascination of like, oh, I'm going to go create YouTube videos um, and become a air quotes YouTuber. However, one of the craziest things happened in 2014 to me that I didn't realize how it would impact my life. I didn't understand how it would impact my business. And no, I'm actually not being grandiose right now. Like this is one of two things that I can point back to that we started doing that has just mind-boggling to what it's done. And in 2014, Marcus Sheridan, when I was working at the sales line, said, hey, I think you should do HubSpot video tutorials uh, and put them on YouTube. Now, video wasn't cool in 2014 yet. Like it, 2018 was the year of video. No, it was 2019. No, actually it was 20. Anyway, you get the point. Every year has been the year of video. But in 2014, nobody was even saying it was the year of video. But we cre started creating HubSpot tutorials and over the last 10, almost 12 years, I've probably created close to 3,000, maybe 3,500 HubSpot tutorials for multiple businesses along the way. And I never looked at myself as a YouTuber. I always looked as um, I am a, a content creator who is um, answering questions for humans who have problems or are trying to solve a problem or understand how to use a solution called HubSpot to fix or build or do. And, and so it was always about the launching out of education. Here's the thing. I never even during that process thought of myself as a thought leader or thought that I was even building some type of like, hey, this is who I am scenario. It was literally a selfish act to create content to help humans. If you can do that at your organization, if you can gain that mindset and, and spread it through multiple people that might be the right fit to be on video, I think you would be amazed at the, what you could do and not being stuck on the subscriber count or the amount of views it got. Because that's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, let's we talk went, about that. Yeah, yeah. We, let's talk about that because that's the other thing that I went through was um, I didn't even really care about the subscribers. Um, I didn't care about the views because I was creating that video for one person. One person would find it. It would fix their problem. Now, the funny thing is like hundreds of people would find that video. Some of them, thousands of people would find the videos. Here's a real interesting thing that I ran into. And this is when I was actually working with Remington Beggett Impulse Creative. We had created the Sprocket Talk channel and YouTube channel. And we had 8,000 subscribers that came to this channel for HubSpot tutorials, HubSpot updates. The 8,000 was 26% of the watching audience. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. There were a lot of humans who were watching the content but never subscribed. And if the metric was based on subscribers, you might say, mm, that's not that big a channel. But if you extrapolate the fact that that was 26% of the people who are watching. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, wait, actually, how big is this thing? So, Devin, I want to get your thought on the, the idea of YouTube for business, video for business, and this idea of the metrics that truly do matter or don't matter uh, kind of mindset on this. So, 
the first thing to keep in mind is what you want to get out of your head is virility. Um, virility does not equate to profitability. Uh, you can show your video to half a million people. And if only one of them spends money with you, you're at a loss. You're popular, but you're at a loss. Now, if only 300 people see your video, but 100 of them purchase from you, then that is your success. Measuring conversions that come in from your YouTube channel uh, is massive using, you know, attribution tracking, like stuff like that, UTM, to see who's coming in from your YouTube channel. All very important things. So um, with that being said, uh, big numbers aren't important. It's the conversion rates that are important. And you can do conversion rates from views. Now, now the, the, you know, the holy grail is getting thousands of subscribers, getting the plaque from YouTube. We all want one. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, um, if you're getting a lot of views and those views are converting, subscribers are great. Having people come back for your content is great. But the thing is, if they're interested in the kind of content you create, the algorithm is going to pick that up and, and put you back on there. And uh, also, uh, at some point, definitely want to talk about shorts. Salim brought up shorts, and I have, I have very strong but good uh, opinions on shorts and why people need to be a part of them. Good. I love that. I love it because I definitely want to go in that as well. I love this idea and and I I am uh, I will get up on the pulpit and I'll preach this all day long. The idea of going value versus going viral, like you were saying. And that's the thing. If you go value, you'll get the views. If you go value, not only will you get the views, but you'll get the right views. And I want to tie into another piece that um, some people miss when it's YouTube videos for business is um, realizing that I'm not actually trying to get them to YouTube. I'm using YouTube to disseminate the information that I am delivering, but I'm trying to get them back to my home base. And so you kind of mentioned, you know, like UTM parameters, um, use links, like, and you could even be ninja about it, right? Like we could literally put a link in the description that is, let's say, sidekickstrategies.com forward slash gear, and while you go to gear, maybe that has UTM parameters that you don't even see to it, but directs you to another page. And now all of a sudden we can start to like ninja track what videos are actually bringing things to certain pages that we're trying to deliver, eBooks, guides, checklists. And then what you do is you tie this into like, it's going to a page where they can download something and actually put the hidden fields in your HubSpot form for UTM campaign, UTM medium, UTM source, UTM content, so that when they do convert on that page, because now you have loaded a UTM parameter after they went to like that secret link that you're putting in the description, it's extracting it into your database. Now you can start doing reporting in HubSpot based on the YouTube efforts. Anyway, whole nother level of like sending them to your home base, Make sure you're tracking it because at some point, if you're the marketer and you're trying to do this, they're going to be like, well, we need to know that it's actually generated the revenue versus what we're doing in time. Now, if you're like me and you're the owner, you're like, I don't care. I just have a gut feeling it's going to work. We're going to do it. Yes, let's measure it along the way. But even if I'm not going to stop, let's just keep going. Now, with that said, Devin, I do want to get into this idea of what I like to call, ever since I interviewed Andy Crestadina, I said, bro, I'm going to steal that. He called it content confetti. 
where you start by creating a video and that turns into other things. So that video might turn into shorts. That video might turn into an article. That video might be part of something else that you're building that's like a bigger pillar page strategy. But it's this content confetti idea, or as most mere humans call it, content repurposing. Okay, that's what most people call it. I like content confetti. So talk to me about this idea of the video and the shorts and like your thoughts and strategies, good, bad, ugly around one, both, like what, what say you? So shorts are the new doom scrolling. TikTok built an entire uh, platform around video doom scrolling. Um, so the thing is, is that I uh, personally love having as much YouTube short content as I can generate. Um, all of like, We'll take Matt Reif, for example. Oh, oh Matt, yeah. Oh, Matt yeah. Reif, he was on Wild and Out for years, wasn't yep. famous, um, does stand up, does okay. Uh, and then what ends up happening is he uh, starts uh, getting TikTok views, and those views are repurposed. Um, and so now they're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, uh, they're everywhere. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, his content started getting cloned um, by basically hangers on who are trying to get that monetization bump by uh, using other people's content. Not something that I like, um, but right. Matt Reif leaned into it. And I don't think he was big on copyright strikes because uh, that was just uh, uh, virality. It was just all about. Uh, getting as much exposure as you can. And the next thing you know, he's selling out arenas. So with that being said, uh, shorts uh, content is huge. Um, now, again, think about numbers. Uh, we're not going for uh, virility. We're going for exposure uh, and exposure to qualified people. Uh, we don't need everyone to see our video. We're not interested in the entire world. Uh, consuming our content, it's about that portion of the world who cares about the problems that we're solving um, and the message that we're putting out there. Love this. When I when I think about this conversation, there's a couple of things that come to mind. One, and we've got to tie this back to inbound, right? In, with inbound, there is the buyer's journey, uh, awareness, consideration, decision. Uh, when we're thinking about YouTube for business, I think we should realize that there's that same thing, but I would even call this a viewer's journey. So when I think about shorts, which, by the way, I love creating shorts out of content that I've already created because it means that I don't really have to create the content. I just have to slice it, dice it, and make it creative. However, with that said, when I look at shorts, I believe it is definitely an awareness play, an eyeball play. Um, and as the young kids would say, and what I mean by that is my kids who are gamers, uh, YouTube shorts, they they will tell me, those are OP, dad. Those are OP. YouTube <laughs> shorts are OP. They're overpowered. And we have put out shorts before where like in an hour, like 700, 800, 900 views in an hour, which to get that on a normal video, unless you're like Mr. Beast or somebody like that, it's almost impossible. So they are a little bit overpowered. But here's how I think about it. And it's this idea of understanding where they're at, what you're trying to do, and the main strategy. And part of this I'm going to pull from um, my boy Nick Nimmin, which, by the way, if you're trying to do 
YouTube in general, but then take, definitely take it and do YouTube for business. Um, his channel and his historical content and what he does is absolutely amazing. But I want you to start to think about this as a daisy chain effect. So if you think about shorts and you think about awareness and you think about the content that you would want to create for eyeballs, you need to realize that those shorts need to tie back to a video that is about that kind of concept, but now can go a little bit deeper. So think about this as maybe the consideration stage of videos. However, what I also want us to tie together is when we get them to watch that video, in that video, we might not immediately say, and go over to my website and get this thing. Here's where the daisy chain begins and how you start to leverage the algorithm of the largest search engine slash social engine or second largest. But hey, it is what it is. Maybe actually it will be the largest when Google realizes that ChatGPT might have. Anyway, different podcast, different episode. But here's the thing. What Nick Nimmin talks about is how you daisy chain one video to a second video to a third video. And that third video is actually what he calls the money video. That's the one where you're handing off to your website. You're handing off to the, the ebook, the guide, the checklist, the course, the whatever it is. And so now start to picture that in your mind. You've got a set of awareness shorts that are getting all the eyeballs because they're OP bring them back to a certain video that is designed to hand them off two or three videos. Why? To gain trust, to gain you know reciprocity, to like, oh, I like this content. I like this person to get to that third, fourth video where it's like, and now, because we've got you, by the way, if you've reached that, now go over and download your ebook, your guide, your checklist, go check out our course, whatever. Now you're creating a viewer funnel, a viewer journey that you're putting people through. Again, using that business strategy, but on a channel that is for – anyway, I want to go back to something, Devin, because we talked about – and we skirt-skirted, right, kind of through it as we were talking about it, a value versus viral. When you think about creating videos of value, is there a different way that you go about creating them? Are there different things that you think about? Like, talk to me through your process of, like – it feels like it's right or it doesn't feel like it's right or we should add this or, oh, shoot, that's secret sauce. Maybe hold that back. Like, give me your thoughts on that. Well, I try to think about, you know, um, what entertains the group that I'm reaching out. Even if I'm not talking about something entertaining, uh, I can still provide elements uh, that make the video more engaging without it turning into, you know, a sitcom. So. Uh, one of the things that I think about uh, is like the editing style, um, the background that I need to use, whether or not, you know, my normal day-to-day -day background is appropriate, whether or not I need to switch to the other's camera, whether or not I just need to shoot it against the green screen um, and just go for a completely different look. Um, but uh, definitely uh, those are things to, to keep in mind. Yeah. So it's funny because... I agree with all of that. I'm going to yes and you for a second because mm -hmm. I think there's a mindset that I would hope others would reach. And it's definitely something that I I bought into at the beginning, the first time I heard it. And it, again, going back 2014, Marcus preaching to organizations about content marketing. He was doing the content marketing training. I was doing the HubSpot training. But I kept hearing him say, there's no secret sauce. There's no secret sauce. Like 
give it all away, teach him everything you can. Um, and you've even said on this podcast in previous episodes, like, listen, you give it all to him. There's going to be the people that don't know how to program their VCR. They're going to call you to program their VCR, right? And so when I think of value, it is adopting this mindset of no secret sauce. Let's show them everything. Let's teach them everything. And then out of that, the goods are going to come. Like, again, uh, if I tie this back to just fundamental, like my life principles, beliefs, you reap what you sow. And if you're sowing value, it's going to come back to you in whatever value that you deem is is important to you in life. And that might be money. That might be success. That might be significance for all the listeners. It's going to be different things. But that mindset of no secret sauce, I think, is really important. Um, and I do want to mention again in the chat pane, yes, YouTube shorts are showing up in search engine results. Heck, YouTube chapters, chaptering your videos, showing up in search results. Videos themselves showing up in search results. I'll tell you one of the funnest things that I love doing when I was at Impulse Creative with Remington and Rachel Begg is we'd launch a video on the YouTube channel and for the first like 15 to 30 minutes to an hour, I'd go and like search that term and see how long it took to be the first video search result when we were doing this. And there were times that within 30 minutes, an hour, sometimes hour and a half, boom, brand new video, top search result. I'm like, oh, hey, and I would share it with the teens. Hey, everybody, we're now ranking for XYZ like this video. And it was just a game we played to see how many uh, videos around the topic of HubSpot that we could be the top video search uh, as we were building them. But for that, we had to churn and burn, baby. Like we weren't making a video a week or a video a month. And so many organizations are like, yeah, we've got a strategy, a video strategy. We're going to make three videos this quarter, to which I go, because that might just not get you there. But that leans me into the next conversation that I want to have with you, Devin, and that is the quality versus quantity or quantity versus quality. Like, unpack your brain on that whole piece of business video, YouTube business video uh, thinking. I'd say the simplest is shorts are for quantity, uh, regular videos are for quality. Shorts are for staying on top of the landfill, the constant deluge of information that's going on there. Shorts are uh, basically the new timeline. And so for people who are scrolling, you want to make sure that you have content out um, in that. Now, as far as your YouTube page itself, that's definitely uh, where the meat and potatoes of, of what you're doing uh, is 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 going to be. Um, it used to be because I, I remember I, I used to do that, too. Um, there is um, this one. It wasn't even really a beef, um, a rap beef, but MGK and Yellow Wolf. It was like this little thing like Yellow Wolf said something. MGK said something. Uh, or and then, or, and then that and then that was it. Like it, but you know the media blew it up, and I happened to work in the media at the time, so it was my job to blow it up. And so what I did is I created this video um, that was a, a, a really horrible cell phone video, basically shot on a potato, and uh, it was the full interview that he uh, that uh, Machine Gun Kelly did at the radio station uh, as kind of a response. It blew up 
it was just because of you know the the, the SEO uh, and in the title smithing, all that stuff ended up turning it into a huge thing. Fortunately, that's not really how things work anymore. Um, now it's it's harder to get placement uh, with monetization and then the rules and, and ads and all that. Um, however, if you are developing great content on your page, you don't have to worry about immediately showing up at the top. Um, what's going to happen is that as more people discover your video, um, the more it's going to grow over time. So you should think about you know your short term quantity, get it out there, get in front of people. There's a few podcasts that are really good at that, uh, comedy podcasts especially. But then uh, on the other end is where like your your page itself, that is where um, your videos, like I have a video about how to install a shower. Um, that video, there's no reason for that video to go viral, but it has tens of thousands of views over the years that it's been up because it was really high quality content. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to have to be the guy that says quality doesn't mean perfection. And I would much rather have a video that is published than not, because if it's published, they can see it. Now, do I want to publish a piece of crap? No. But this is where I'll say that I don't think it's quality over quantity. And by the way, I totally agree with you. Um uh, quantity shorts, super easy to do quantity in shorts. And by the way, I love that Salim said, uh, staying atop of a landfill, uh, that hurts by the way, when you said that Devin, he said that hurts in the, in the live chat, but I don't think it has to be, uh, uh, this or that, um, you can build a process that allows you to, uh, add more quantity than maybe your competitors have which by the way, if we go back to that, they're doing three this quarter and you do three a week, you're demolishing them on the amount of uh, quantity, but a process that allows you to do it in a way that it is quality, right? So listen, I've had the pleasure again since 2014 doing this and realizing that in your home or in your office, you can build a air quote studio that you can walk into, hit record, uh, do one take wonders, or take them to post-production and have them juiced up with, you know, um, B-roll and music and whatever. But you can have a let's flip the switch on and create instead of a set it up, tear it down, set it up, tear it down. And, and knowing that I can step into my office and I can use a microphone, you know, a DSLR camera, a nice little lens, uh, a little switcher board and like a little audio board, put a TV with a fireplace in the in it. And people love that fireplace, by the way. But like just get a little Absolutely. creative with the space in the background like yours. Got the, you know, the different colored blocks and the HubSpot and the Deadpool and like just a little touch of creativity. And all of a sudden people are like, man, that's a, you, you just create quality content, but we're churning and burning it out. So that's where I want um, organizations to get to is how do we create a process and a place studio in-house, in-office where I can flip a switch and just create. And then a process where it can go off to somebody or if it's even me, where it can get edited and published and it doesn't sit there and die on the vine. So Please, by all that's holy, try to go after both. Devin, let's keep digging in here. I want to tie back to HubSpot for a second. 
if you have HubSpot Enterprise, oh man, that really chaps my ass to have to say that. You can get your YouTube analytics inside of HubSpot. So my question to you is, as somebody who's creating video, as somebody who's on YouTube, how much do you pay attention to YouTube analytics? How much do you care that YouTube analytics could be brought into your HubSpot portal? Or is this just a situation where you're like, so? Like, it's not a it's not a factor for me, or it is a major factor for me as a business owner, content creator, employee. Talk to me about that. It's convenient to be able to see all the analytics in one place, but it's not a deal breaker if I can't. Um, especially because my, if I have a dedicated YouTube channel manager, they're probably not going to be spending a lot of time in HubSpot. Um, so like, and and I like the analytics, uh, in YouTube, uh, as far as, you know, video breakdown, watch time, uh, engagement, uh, when people, when viewers are dropping off what my uh, view percentage is compared to, uh, my average view percentage. Those are all things that you can find in um, YouTube pretty easily. What I do like about it uh, is that it enables people to see the analytics without having to be in Creator Studio or without having to be an editor uh, or have uh, uh, analyst uh, permissions on the YouTube channel. Like for me, if I want to see how one of my YouTube videos are performing for uh, HubSpot, then I have to go to YouTube uh, and they had to give me special permissions to be able to see them. Uh, if we had had them in our HubSpot portal, then any of our HubSpot users be able to see them. So that's cool. Yeah, I definitely love uh, the idea of being able to see them in HubSpot because it's one less place I have to go. If I'm just mm. looking for the quick wins and the conversation starters, around the strategy or what's working, what's not working. I also love kind of how HubSpot dumbs them down a little bit. It just makes mm. it a little bit simpler to understand. But I would agree with you, digging into your YouTube analytics and knowing what the heck it is, um, and maybe even paying a t attention to like, you could, you could do a search, uh, something like YouTube analytics, Roberto Blake. All right. And he's got like a three hour YouTube analytics video that will walk you through every step of understanding it, which, by the way, Roberto Blake is amazing at YouTube, just like Nick Nimmin and the rest of that crew, Justin Brown. Uh, again, I'm just giving you some folks that you could pay attention to if you're like, yes, I want to do this business video on YouTube thing. Uh, you can do that now again. I think it should be in professional, dang on it. Like if you're paying a, a fair price for marketing professional, just bring YouTube analytics down to professional so we can see it and uh, we'd be happy. Uh, but I don't know if, if, if listen, if hub Claus or whatever we want to call them, a Santa Claus can bring me like a HubSpot gift. It's YouTube analytics in marketing pro for sure. I do want to hit one of these questions in the chat pane. Chad said, any pointers for those that want to get started in content creation without lots of experience? Get started. That's my tip. And here's the thing. You've got to understand that you're going to have a messy middle. Like my first video that I did for the first minute, it was a photograph of me leaning against a brick wall with three HubSpot certifications of a voiceover that then went to a screen share of me showing uh, in a very non-HD way how to do something in HubSpot. I had to do that 
to realize that that sucked. And I had to continue to get behind the mic and get behind the camera to understand that it it's a process. Now, here are some other things. I don't look at the camera as the camera. I look at the camera as it's humans and like I'm talking to humans. So I don't I don't fear the camera because I like talking to humans. Um, I also realized that I can I can build it in a way that I'm creating things that I've just learned, which, by the way, this is another magical thing. The amount of tutorials or updates that I put out over the last 10 to 12 years that I had just learned it about 10 minutes before and flipped on the camera to teach it and put my extra thoughts around it and launch it to the world. Almost every freaking video that I created was that. It wasn't long hours of research. It wasn't painstakingly stressing out about creating. It was like, nope, I just learned this thing. Everybody else should learn this thing. Let me hop on the mic and talk to some humans. So realize it's going to suck at first. Realize you're going to go through a messy middle, but realize you're going to get better the more you do it. And that's just the fact of the matter. So Devin, let's dive into like a kind of closing and wrapping this bad boy up. If you could encourage brands to, I'll say, rethink um, who could and should be on camera. And the reason I'm asking this is because there once was a day where there were very limited amount of humans on the HubSpot YouTube channel. It was like for the select chosen few for a while. And I was like, this doesn't ever make any sense to me. Now that's not the case. I've seen Adridi, I've seen Jory, I've seen you, I've seen Kat. Like now all of a sudden it's a plethora of humans, even for us. Like when I was creating videos before, was anybody else creating? No, it was like the George show and I hated it. At Sidekick Strategies, Jorge's doing tutorials. I'm doing tutorials. Like we're, we're both doing content because there needs to be more faces. So what... How would you get organizations to rethink how who could and should be on camera and be in the videos for their YouTube business strategy? People with charisma, um, getting someone on screen who is good at being on screen. And they don't have to be good at first. They just have to be promising because uh, the more time you do it, uh, the better you get at it. So it's not always the subject matter expert who needs to be the person on the screen. A lot of times I will see someone on the screen who just makes me want to fall asleep, even though they clearly know their stuff. Uh, depending on the types of content, uh, you can write out a script and have someone else do it. Like, um, full disclosure, a lot of the AI products that I was demonstrating on the YouTube page didn't know how to use until it came time for me to uh, make the video. And so we're learning together. Um, but that doesn't mean that I can't make a video about it. Like George said, something you learned 10 minutes ago, if you turn around and speak it with confidence, uh, you can be an expert. Love it. Love it. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's oh, just real a... quick. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Salim said, we get that challenge a lot. Any tips on how to recognize a potential talent? Find out if any of your people are ex-theater kids. Ooh. Either ex-theater kids, ex-choir kids, any of those performing, if they've done it before, uh, just try it out. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And then where I wanted to go with that and what I was going to just kind of double down on what you're talking about is, let me think about this. Okay, I need... People who are used to being in front of people, okay, 
I need people who might have done virtual meetings to talk to those people, a.k.a. a webcam or camera. Okay. I need people who like to talk and they're good at talking. Um, okay, sweet. I think I understand who it might need to be. Yes, sales teams. Sales teams could probably be using some of their time to create videos. And let me explain why, not only because they're good at talking and they're good with humans and they've been in front of cameras because of virtual meetings, but because they're the ones that need to earn the trust. They're the ones that need the reciprocity. They're the ones that if they realize they spend a little bit of time doing some marketing by creating some valuable videos that lived on YouTube would close more sales than they could ever imagine in their life. Trust me, I know this to be true because I didn't realize I was being a salesperson on camera for the last 10 years. But when I started a business, I had been being a sales guy on camera for the last 10 years. Devin, what has been harder than you thought it would be with YouTube videos and what has been easier than you thought it would be? The easiest part for me is editing. I thought it was gonna be harder than what it is, um, but editing, uh, especially with the tools that are out there, it's called non-linear editing. You don't need to know that, doesn't matter. Um, but with the tools that are out there right now, editing is far and away easier than it was during the days of film where you had to use scissors and that that's not what's happening. I mean, you're literally, I want to take this part and then I want to take this part and I'll put them together. And now the two parts play back to back. Yay. And it's like, after that, it's just, it, it comes with practice. Um, I'd say the hardest thing uh, has been coming up with just content in general. Uh, there have been times when I've just had to just sit in front of the camera and just start ranting because uh, I couldn't think of what I wanted to say and write down. Um, and most of those turn out okay, but a well thought out script is is definitely the best way to go. Yeah, mine is almost like um, a subsection maybe of what you just said as far as like what I have found to be difficult is the actual research to like what video I should create that would get mm. the maximum impact. Because I've always been the guy who is like, ooh, shiny cool thing, new video. Ooh, new functionality, new video. Didn't look at the search history, didn't care if people were looking for it. Just like, here's this thing. And so I never ran out of ideas, but I was putting a lot of ideas out there that hadn't gone through the, like, we need to see if anybody's searching that long tail keyword for HubSpot lists uh, performance, blah, blah, blah. I don't really still focus on that, which is terrible because that's the part that I find to be hard. I just want to create some dang videos. I just want to create some dang events. I want to create some uh, content that people love and enjoy edutainment, right? And that's the part that I found the easiest is when I realized that it didn't have to be this buttoned up guy leaning against a brick wall, showing everybody that he had three HubSpot certifications. Woo! I mean, there were only three back at that time, so it was something. But I realized it didn't have to be that, and I could be a happy, helpful, humble human, and I could focus on creating entertaining content that just happened to educate you along the way. Then creating videos just became easy, and, and educating people became easy. Creating things of value versus focusing on viral became easy. All right, let's go ahead and close this out, this episode. Devin, last question for you. What's the one way that you would challenge anybody watching this and have historical thoughts on YouTube or being a YouTuber versus business video and business video on YouTube? 
What's the one thing you would challenge them to think differently about YouTube going forward? Focus on conversion rates. That's um, the big thing. Focus on conversion rates. Um, watch uh, Mr. Beast videos about going viral. You'll find out that it had nothing to do with him giving away money. It's that he's uh, a, a diligent student of the game. Um, but uh, yeah, think about conversion rates. Virility isn't everything. Ooh, I love that. I love that. Conversion rates. For me, here's the thing. I'm sorry, virality, not oh, virility. Virility. Two very different yeah, things. Those yeah. are different virality. things. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know. Anyway, what I will do is I will say this because sometimes I feel like humans are afraid of their future potential success. And as you start out creating video and you start to create YouTube content and you start to hear people or see people saying things or commenting or all of that, just realize that it's okay to be awesome. It's okay to be seen. You don't have to stay in this little comfortable, uh, you know, box that is your office or your home office, or you are good enough for the world to see you. And that has been one of the things that I think has been amazing about the journey. You and I, we can both sit here and say that we have people that have watched these videos worldwide. In whatever place and time have we ever lived where we know that people from Madagascar, Australia, China, the Philippines, uh, all over the world, even Atlanta or, you know, Denver, like all over the world, people have seen our videos. We've been able to educate people. And it was because we didn't stick in our safe little area. We were willing to put ourselves out there. And that's what I want people to do is how can I put myself out there how can I put a dent in the universe? How can I impact my own life by adding value to others by picking up some type of YouTube business video strategy? All right. I think that's a wrap. Devin, do you think that's a wrap? I think it's wrapped pretty well. Yeah. It's, it's hard to um, end the episode when we actually don't have Liz to like make fun of at the very end of it. Okay, Hub Heroes, we've reached the end of another episode. Will Lord Lack continue to loom over the community, or will we be able to defeat him in the next episode of the Hub Heroes podcast? Make sure you tune in and find out in the next episode. Make sure you head over to thehubheroes.com to get the latest episodes and become part of the League of Heroes. FYI, if you're part of the League of Heroes, you'll get the show notes right in your inbox, and they come with some hidden power-up potential as well. Make sure you share this podcast with a friend, leave a review if you like what you're listening to, and use the hashtag, hashtag Podcast on any of the socials and let us know what strategy conversation you'd like to listen into next. Until next time, when we meet and combine our forces, remember to be a happy, helpful, humble human, and of course, always be looking for a way to be someone's hero.